where we lovingly dissect the best and the worst of 90s teen horror. I'm Heather Parry, and with me in this freezing cold garden in a Scottish winter is Kirsty Logan. It's really fucking cold! <laughs> we do this for you, listeners. Uh, how many things are you wearing? I'm wearing four layers and a woolly heart. Ha? Woolly heart? Your hat. heart is woolly, Heather. <laughs> and a scarf. Yeah, I have got tights, leggings, big thick woolly socks that I got in Iceland, um, an under thermal, <laughs> and a jumper, and a coat, and I have got a scarf, and a hat, and gloves. Oh no, I didn't bring gloves. Oh no. I've got oh, like no. fingerless gloves as well, which <laughs> nice. makes me feel like I'm like in a garret, you know, writing. I crocheted some fingerless gloves for myself last year, and they did feel really like, oh no, I can't afford to heat my little writing hut sort of thing. <laughs> Consumption. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Speaking of being dramatic and goth, oh my god, Kirsty. how excited are you about this book? I, I, there's we could do four hours on this book. Yeah, wow. I would happily like just read out the entire book, pausing for comment <laughs> as we go. I'm gonna say this is goth trash of the highest order, and I love it. It is. Yeah, we should probably say it's at Gehenna's door. Is that how you're saying Gehenna? I think so. Gehenna. 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 By Peter Beery. <laughs> Peter Beery. Beer? It's like spelled like oldie worldie. Tell me about that cover because that is quite a cover. Wow. Okay, oh, and so this is Point Horror Unleashed as well. Yeah, so it's one of the insane British ones, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I actually love the cover. It's horrible. I mean, I love it as well. I used to be quite terrified of it. It's I like remember actually, I had it as a kid, which I feel like, obviously anyone who knows me will be unsurprised by that but I remember being so frightened of the cover that I didn't want to touch it while I was reading it <laughs> well it's like the background is quite plain the background is like a white to a sort of um, white with green overlay let's say side to side but then the main thing is like a very ravaged like sheep skull <laughs> um, and then we've got like white maggots coming out of like the whole hang on wait what, what is that hole? Is that a hole for a horn? Or would it be a ram then? That's a good question. Yeah. Because so it's not an eye hole, is it? No, I think eyes are here. Hole. So yeah, a horn, <laughs> a horn hole. <laughs> Don't Google that. Um, it's so, quite a pretty colour scheme. It's like very 90s champagne neutrals. Yes, that's correct. And it does have a gold, a pointy title. Mm. So I quite like it. Um, I mean, it is like tasteful as they go. Tasteful yeah, like but tastefully gross, gross which yeah. you don't get that very much. You don't get many maggots on the front of Point Horror Corners. So well done, well done, cover designer. And um, the tagline is "Abandoned Hope." It's quite good. Thanks. Makes sense. Be warned: the untold terror is out. <sighs> so, are you going to read the first page? For oh us? my God! Can I? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm actually going to read um, first page, and oh wow, that's a really loud. I think it's a truck. Oh, it's the going bin by. truck. Oh. Is it? I hope not. <laughs> we may have to pause if the bin men want to come and get the bins. <laughs> okay. The joy of Alfresco podcasting. Oh my god. Um, okay, I'm going to read the first page and a little bit of the second because something I want to read is on the second. Oh, I'm excited. Mm. 
The four girls had lost their way somewhere among the rocks and trees, which caused them no surprise. The path was so overgrown and canopied by boughs that to advance along its route at all was an admirable feat. To have to stop and check a map in brambles shoulder deep would have been one act too many. Is that rain? Maybe. Oh no. <laughs> the girls' endeavours were also hampered by a savage-hearted storm which stained the winter sky with a premature twilight. The cold winds in the trees and the rain which hissed like snakes hampered rational thought. Jade pointed up a slope to what looked like a cave and said, We should shelter there. I love the dialogue in this because we no human We should shelter there. <laughs> Her three friends followed her, scrambling up a steep, slick bank, which then tried to flip them off each time they advanced, so it seemed that not just the storm, but the very land itself set out to thwart their progress. They had prepared quite well for their trip, packed things for wind and rain, but nobody on earth could have foreseen what came. It was as if the gods of storms had strapped on their swords that day and waged celestial war. Oh. <laughs> That level of hysteria is maintained through all 264 pages of the book. Yeah. It's amazing. He does not let it drop (laughs) at all. He's not written down to teenagers, let's say that. Neither has he ever met one. I've got a whole vocab section at the end (laughs) that it was like, all the words that, even I at 36 was like, have I read this word before? I'm not sure if I have. It's so hysterical. I want to read it actually from... uh, Maybe it's the same bit that you have picked. So it's on page five. Oh, no, I haven't got that one. Oh, my, I love this. I just love this so much. Here we go. Still the storm intensified, and still great pools of darkness dripped like poison from the sky. The girls passed through dense groves of creaking wind-tossed trees. They put black birds to flight, huge things with flaring wings. The birds wheeled against the clouds, framed by a searing burst of lightning, magnesium bright. The enormous flock then streamed off like the cloak of death itself. (laughs) Wow. So they haven't actually got anywhere yet. They're just, (laughs) they're in a storm. It's stormy on the moors. You could have just written that. It's so good. But why would you when you can do this? So here's the characters. We have Amy, who's a wuss. We have her sister, Louisa. We have Caroline, who is athletic, and we have Jade, who is kind of dreamy and also sad. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, we don't really learn much more about them than that. They're lost on the moor, and they find a creepy house. Which is the best set of friend thing. Right, hang on. Here's the description of the house. I can't not do this in a dramatic voice. Prongs of lightning pierced the clouds as the girls awaited a response to Caroline's hesitant knock. No hint of movement was apparent in the house. No glimmer of light showed. No shutters were flung back. The place loomed like a grave, ominously still and quiet. The door remained stubbornly shut. So this is what the house is like. Um, It's called Gehenna. Uh, And now here's where the lesson begins because I googled it. (gasps) It is the place of the damned in the Hebrew Bible where some of the kings of Judah, Judah, I was not raised Christian, so I don't know, Um, or in any religion, actually, uh, sacrificed their children by fire, apparently. Oh, my God. Wait, so it's it's Jewish? uh, Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Uh, I was not raised Jewish either. So, yeah, in the Hebrew Bible, apparently it says, so Google told me, some of the kings of Judah sacrificed their children by fire. Which who knows if 
That's they did. But. good. I like a completely over-the-top reference. You know what I mean? Yeah, why not? He's like, do you know what? I'm going to educate children because I can. So they find this creepy house. It's huge. It looms. It's on the moors. It's in a storm. Um, nobody answers the door, so they go around the side of the house and they find a rotting meat pit. Why wouldn't you? Have a rotting fine. meat pit. <laughs> Sounds fine to me. Um, and then as they get close to the door, they hear someone sharpening a knife. Fine. Oh, still fine. <laughs> Sounds completely normal. Then we meet Martha, who is fat, and Franklin, who is thin. The fat phobia in this book is really awful. Kind of thin phobia as well. Well, like yeah. Body phobia. <laughs> everyone to be is fair. everyone is awful, but the fat phobia is like something else. It is bad. Although thin Franklin is also gross. <laughs> but she is described as fat beyond human size yeah which is like what the hell yeah what is that that bit is not great um but yeah you're right they're They're both super creepy they're both like yeah like something weird yeah so they're a brother and sister martha and franklin um they invite the girls in and serve them some mysterious gruel (laughs) also fine (laughs) uh they also say hey listen if you hear any noises like scratching or like screaming, it's just rats. <laughs> just don't worry about it's it. It's the screaming rats. It's the screaming, scratching rats. It's the screaming rats of the moors. Cry for escape in human tongues. They're famous. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, don't worry about it. Um, and then, last of all, they see Franklin coming up from the cellar, covered in mud, carrying a spade. And he calls the cellar Gehenna's Labyrinth. It's just where they keep their meat pits. It's all fine. He's just digging up some chicken for dinner. It's fine. It, I think it sounds completely fine. <laughs> what I like about this is they like, they're not kind of ridiculous about it. They hate it and want to be out from the beginning. They're like, this is all, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. They're so, not like, isn't this nice and quaint? They're like, this is shite. <laughs> so yeah, it's not fine, is it? So <laughs> what they do is they say they're going to sleep in the barn. And here's what we have. I love this so much. I, I would like you to do this, Heather. This okay. is what it says in the book. The wind, quote, seemed almost to be singing. Don't go towards the house. Don't step inside its doors. Don't tread Gehenna's halls. I feel like that's a lot for wind to say. <laughs> yeah. So Give you me- need to be wind, but also sing. Don't go towards the house. Don't step inside its doors. Don't tread Gehenna's halls. Okay. There's no way to remember that. But... <sighs> Don't go towards the house. Quite good. Don't tread Gehenna's walls, whatever it was. Don't touch the very thin, weird man. <laughs> that was good. Thanks, man. You've I've been good wind. wind. You've been practicing wind voice. I am wind. Wind is me. You know that. We wind in the school panto. <laughs> so, we're just going to kind of summarize from there, unless you wanted to read a bit, because... There's a lot happens in this book. Can but I it also doesn't? <laughs> Have you? Are you reading something out soon? No, you can. I've got. Uh, oh god, we've, we're slightly too, slightly too far away from each other because of COVID. So that stretching is just me, almost thirty-four-year-old me. So <laughs> I've just written in my notes, page thirty-seven. What the fuck? Ah, so that could gonna, be any page. I'm just going to read it out to you. <clears throat> uh, so this is uh, Caroline having fallen down something. <clears throat> She was lying winded and helpless on a bed of slithering refuse, the smell of which reached to high heaven. Every time she tried to move, she merely caused herself to flounder further in. I can't think of, I can't read flounder without thinking of a fish. Which would have been bad enough on its own, but there was worse. 
All kinds of junk and waste had been tossed into the pit. Amongst the worst of all was the object by her face, the skull of a dead sheep. Even that skull, though, had worse things to reveal. Things which came wriggling from the sockets of its eyes. Things that were cadaver white and newborn puppy blind. Bloated, slimy maggots. You can't help going a bit Vincent Price, can you? Newborn puppy blind to describe like maggots. Like I like it. It's so it's so hammer horror the whole way through. And yeah, you can't help but start performing it like Vincent Price, who is the king of all camp. You it really is camp. You wouldn't think that he could keep this up <laughs> for like 250 pages, but he does. And it doesn't really get exhausting because you just slip into this kind of like camp coma and just let it wash over you and it it actually manages to amp up you might think where could it go from here well we'll see where it can go from here so here's what happens basically the rest of the book is things get progressively creepier in the house so as we've discovered caroline falls into the rotting meat pit which is always a bad day uh they find a secret group a secret secret room yep a secret room which is described like this so cunningly designed, it seemed like a mere slat of gloom. <laughs> and I just think, mere slat of gloom is so good. I think that's my stripper name. Slat of gloom. Mere slat of gloom. Mere slat of gloom. I like that, actually. It's good. Um, then, oh, I was going to read you another bit. Oh. Um, actually, I, well, I'll just tell you what it is and you can read it. Sure. Um, so, page 41, from the bottom of the page, which starts so dreadful just that bit so he's like kind of skulking about he's being goth okay you tell me to stop okay so dreadful he muttered as he gazed out at the storm not helping you at all such fearsome thunder as he spoke the sky gods roared (laughs) lightning beyond belief tridents of lightning flashed noises to wake the dead somewhere a door was slammed shutters banged roof tiles crashed no hope of leaving us for some time yet I fear Jade said it looks that way Looks as though we've been trapped. How true, Franklin said sadly. But for the briefest span, his sly grin reappeared. Nice. I just love that after everything he says, it's like, like he says a line and then the thunder goes, when he says a line and the lightning goes, and he says a line and the wind goes, it's just so, it's like a Bonnie Tyler song. It is. Or like a... Do you know that song, It's All Coming Back to Me by Celine Dion? Oh my Dion. god, yeah. Annie and I were singing that in the car the other day, and I just it's just so fun, because she's so unironic. It's like the most sincere song of all time. It's just so fun to sing to, because it's, it's like Phantom of the Opera, like it's so just unapologetic, balls you know, to the wall. Do you know she does like a line of like gender neutral clothing for kids? Or like gender queer, like Is she like secretly really cool. I think she's. I think if you commit to being yourself, mm. properly yourself, no matter how lame that is, lame is an ableist thing, isn't it? Uh, that's just my age showing there. What can I say? Uh, uncool. Uncool, yeah. For no matter how uncool it is, you, you will be, be appreciated for just being yourself. I think in that period, like Dolly Parton. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Dolly Parton is unashamedly like country. I mean, she is like a lesbian with tattoos secretly, we all know this, but do you know what I mean? She's become really cool. And I feel like the same is true of Celine Dion, because she just is what she is. Yeah. And like, you know, she had that really shady relationship with someone who was much, much older than her. But you know, fine, that's her choice, whatever. And yeah, she's, I don't know. I wish, I wish she wasn't quite so like painfully thin. 
Yeah, that is a bit... Maybe that's just what our body's like. I don't know. Yeah, Some maybe. people are. I just hope that she's okay, because she seems like to want to do nice things. Yeah. I mean, she's monstrously rich, so that's unethical. But. Although, I remember reading, uh, and this is a bit of a an infertility trigger, so skip, I don't know, the next 30 seconds if that's uh, something you don't want to hear about. But I remember reading about her that she did have a kid with her much older husband and that she tried for like a decade to have a second kid and just couldn't. Wow. I don't know if she miscarried or just couldn't get pregnant. And I just remember, I know this sounds stupid, but that was the first time that I thought, wow, you can have like all the money and all the privilege in the world. And if your body just doesn't want to do a thing, yeah. it just won't do it, yeah. which is like blew my mind. And I that remember thinking, really it was just, so much going on with people that you just don't know about. I think she has twins. Oh, maybe she does. I don't so know. So maybe that was at the end of that, or maybe. before. Or maybe, maybe she has a new partner. I don't really know. Yeah. I just, I didn't. I kind of checked out my Celine knowledge at that point. So Celine, if you're listening, <laughs> what's going on? We just hope you're okay. Catch up. Yeah. With you. Give Zoom give money us. to people who haven't got it, um, and we think reckon you're alright. Yeah. But it is very Celine hysterical, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm using hysterical not in the gendered sense, but in the kind of like very camp, screaming like meatloaf. Like I would describe shrieking. meatloaf as, as hysterical. Yes. <laughs> this whole book is like a meatloaf video. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like, like the fact... If, oh my God. If meatloaf and Celine Dion did a song together. What's that word? <laughs> Collaborate. Duet. <laughs> the world would fold in on itself. <laughs> I also like that he gets... He's just like really creepy. And he gets such lines as... A frail old man like me. What? <laughs> 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 So, yeah, Franklin and Martha, they spend the majority of their time, apparently, chopping up meat and doing something in the cellar. Hmm. What could it be? Uh, Here's another thing that happens. When they're all sleeping in the barn, a man falls through the roof and runs away. Normal. In any other book, this would be a significant moment, but to be honest, it just... It just disappears in the shrieking. I'd completely forgotten that happened. There you go. Uh, He does come back later. They also find a a different secret room, not the slat of gloom room, a different one, where Franklin is chewing bones and raw meat. Ah, well, that's all Um, right. Yep. Oh, here we go. Here's another bit. So, oh, sorry, that was my. We're getting a message. Oh, apparently. There's a show called The Undoing that's good. Oh, there well, you that's go. good. There's a top tip for Live you. Live news updates from <laughs> She's us. She's got a little text to tell me that. That's nice. Um, so they try to leave, but do you want to read us from page 60? Okay. Uh, which starts, there is no known sound, which is essentially a kind of shrieking, gothy way of saying it's foggy. <laughs> I've also just written this as hysterical writing in my notes. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. I can, and again, they're described as newborn pups. What's he been doing to, maybe like, he just newborn puppies? puppies? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> there is no known sound which can best the wiles of fog. No air can crush so much as that vaporous veil. No vaporous veil! No thread. <laughs> I'm, like, clutching my scarf in joy. <laughs> vaporous veil? No thread feels quite so near as the one that comes creeping up concealed inside fog's cloak it's just foggy fog's cloak <laughs> <laughs> oh and then can i do his bit of um, dialogue oh, please wait what, what voice was i doing for him how terrible it is that things seem to have changed and yet you are still trapped as fast as the tempest died so the hope fades in your breast for suddenly there's a fog which may persist for days weeks even who can tell it's the real pea super. <laughs> and then Franklin cackles like a hag, which I believe is 
<laughs> like in uh, Snow White, the hag in Snow White. <laughs> I love it so much. It's just, it's just foggy. It's just foggy. It's just foggy. Although I will say, a fog on a moor is really scary because you can't see shit, and it's like foggy everywhere. And you might fall at any moment. You might fall. Yeah. An abyss may open. If anyone's ever been on the Pennines in like a fog because I used to drive over the Pennines because I went to University of Manchester and I'm from near Sheffield right so Pennines that's just the direct way across and it is I love it it's one of my favorite drives ever like the snake pass bit because it's just like I really like country roads that's where I grew up um and like when it's snowy it's just beautiful you know like when you go to like Oban mm. and you've got that sort of landscape but when it's foggy you're just fucked like the roads are all over the place it's like really high and then really low and you're like i just can't see anything yeah just and that's driving anywhere yeah that's scary that's the lights on but yeah. yeah i um i just couldn't love this more <laughs> you've got a bit of acting to do are you ready yes mm. in the house they hear a weird noise and this is what it sounds like you're gonna have to make this noise okay like the moans of a sick bloodhound <laughs> wait in an abandoned church <laughs> okay <laughs> What's a bloodhound sound like? Oh. A sick. <coughs> In an abandoned church. I need reverb. <coughs> wow, that is his work. That's quite creepy. <laughs> if you heard that at night, it would be creepy. <laughs> I just assume it was the sex fox again. Yeah, that's true. If it, it was the moans of a sex fox, I don't know if that would be quite the same impact. It's the screaming woman sound, isn't it? Yeah. Ah! That is horrible. I nearly called the police once because I thought it was a woman getting attacked. Yeah, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. We've not heard the sex fox this year. Oh, yeah. 2020 is just... Keeping distance. No one wants to have sex this year. (laughs) (laughs) Not even foxes. Oh. But do you think birth rate's going to increase or decrease? Um, Surely increase. No one's got anything else to do. Well, everyone needs a a new thing to get them through, which is why everyone's got pets. Hmm. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. So maybe everyone will go, let's not have a baby, let's just get a dog or a cat. Oh no, I was thinking it might get a baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. But then also, I don't know, is everyone, maybe everyone else is feeling like mad randy. I don't, I'm not. Yeah, because personally, I am <laughs> just going to say that. Up top, pandemics, turns out, don't make me horny. This is not the most sexual situation, is it? I mean, if they turn you on, fine, have at it, but <laughs> it's not my bag. We'll see how many people have got babies in like a year. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll be like, pandemics do make you horny then. <laughs> so... They go into the attic and they find some stuff. Are you ready to find it? It's on page 85, near the bottom of the page, and it starts, they picked their way. And this is a bad sign that they find these things. There's actually, oh, oh, there he is. There's a big magpie picking through some things over there, which is adding like a, a whole layer of stress. I think he's possibly discovered the compost bin. Oh. Which will have like, some potato peelings and stuff in it which maybe he likes they picked their wary way past tables chock-a-block with relics and antiques cracked leather tunic cracked leather tunics yeah who's wearing a leather tunic yeah what yeah what the camelot a leather tunic <laughs> i'm not asking jostled to find a space among stout hiking boots rucksacks and parchment maps Walking sticks leaned in rows, their ranks increased by riding crops and crooks. Do you want me to carry on? Uh, if you want. Oilskins and greatcoats filled <laughs> out of crates and chests. Yeah, I can't miss you saying greatcoats. Greatcoats. Saddled and riding tack hid watches, flasks and keys. Whistles dangled from chains. 
earrings were heaped on coins, binoculars and combs. So it's just a load of stuff. But that's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. It doesn't bode well, does it? It doesn't. Why no. do they need that many leather waistcoats or whatever it was? I can only think of one reason that people would own leather tunics. And I'm not going to mention it. Jousting? Yeah, jousting. It is jousting, yeah. And, but also they've got like riding crops and whips. Horses. And jousting. It's, yeah, they're definitely jousters. Uh, what do you call it? Medieval Ren- Renaissance Fair. <laughs> Renaissance Fair. <laughs> Although that's not medieval, that's post. Anyway. Heather's just like pastos. Don't care don't about pastos. About. No, you just reminded me of when I lived in Canada and everyone was like, Do you want to go to medieval times? And I was like, What the fuck? And apparently it's like this medieval reenactment thing where everyone goes and has dinner and watches all the medieval reenactment. I've and I was like, No, I don't want to go. <laughs> I mean, it might be fun. Maybe. Are there horses and stuff? Yeah, maybe I'm just not that into medieval things. The only medieval thing I like is a game called um, Chivalry, Medieval Warfare. And I really like that because you get to like run at people with like a mace or like your, uh, what's the, what are they called? Bow and arrow men? Archer. Or women. Bow and arrow men. <laughs> Bow and arrow women. Um, and you, every time you die, you come alive again. And you, but you get to like yell things as you run. It's just a really fun time, man. Is this a computer game or it a real is. real life game? It's a computer game. Okay. Highly recommend. All right. Sounds fun. <laughs> I quite like medieval stuff, but I don't really like the kind of cod medieval fantasy world that is often in fantasy books. See, this is just good because you're, you've just got to like storm a keep. And I like smashy, buildy games that don't require me to do too much like critical thinking. Yeah. So it was really good. That's why I like the Lego games quite a lot. Yeah. I like games where it's obvious what you're meant to do. I know a lot of people like these open world games where you can do whatever you want, but I'm like, I don't want to do that. I need to be, I'm solutions focused. I'm already a writer and I can do whatever I want yeah. in my head. Stressful. It's like work. If something takes me more than five minutes to figure out, I'm not into it. No. That's what life is like. I don't need those <laughs> kind of challenges in my games. Can you believe the patience that we used to have? Me and my brother used to play the Indiana Jones computer game, the LucasArts one. And I remember we were stuck on this particular bit for probably weeks, if not months. Oh my god. And like, there was no way to look up, there were no walkthroughs or anything online at the time. And you could, you could probably phone up some very expensive phone line and get a walkthrough, but obviously we weren't allowed to do that. And we just kept trying until we figured it out, but it took fucking hours. See, I've never I had that I would never patience. do that now. I would just never do it. I would just be like, well, that's finished. <laughs> I guess I'll just die. Just do something else instead, yeah. <laughs> if it was a real life situation, would you be like, I'll just die? I remember we got, because uh, I didn't have consoles growing up. Well, we weren't allowed them. And um, so all my games had been like on the knackered old PC we got. Um, so we got like a, a NES, I reckon, when I moved to Canada. And I moved in with some friends. And we had 007, you know, the GoldenEye. Oh, yeah. And um, I couldn't even figure out. Like, I remember one point I was just like staring up at a wall. And I was just stuck. And I was like, well, game's finished. Because I don't know what to do. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> that's the end of that. Just guess I'll never know again. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm like now, unfortunately. Uh, I, rem- I remember someone saying once, oh, well, I don't ever give up on a book once, I'm start- once I've started it. And I was like, what the fuck? Some books are really shit. Yeah. <laughs> and also, that's just a lot of pressure to put on a book. Yeah. That you need to be sure you're going to like it before you even start it. I like it when I start them and I know by page two that I hate it. Because then it feels really... I feel like I've saved myself a lot of time. I usually... Do you give it any longer then? I usually give it... I say that I do a 50-page rule, but realistically, it's a 20-page rule. Sometimes I'm so pissed off. There, I can think of at least three books where by the second page, I've been like, no, I hate everything about this. Yeah. Like the way it's written. Yeah. And that's not going to change, is it? 
and or also if it's just too predictable like I love horror but there's quite a lot of horror books have a really specific way of writing where they start with an un it's like an, you see this in films a lot as well they start with this unconnected character who get comes to a sticky end and then smash cut to a completely different character who has and then as soon as a book does that I'm like eh, I can kind of guess everything that's going to happen in this book now yeah so then you just stop I remember a book that everyone was hyping and it had a line that I hate so much on like the fifth page that I was like just no. If, if you think that's quality cool writing, badly written or offensive or what? It was really I considered it to be just awful. Just like the sort of thing that you, I, if you'd written it and given it to me, I would just put a red line through it. And you know how usually when we workshop each other's work, it's like, no, this isn't quite working. I don't think that's really you. It's not really your tone. Or like, can you explain to me what you're doing here so we can expand out? I would just be like, no, you're not. I'm not letting you write that. That's no. It, you'll be a laughing stock. No delete it burn it <laughs> rip that little bit off the page and put it in the bin to be ashamed that you ever thought of it and then wow. we'll move on wow can i read another line like that from this book yeah oh my god i'm excited um it's another you know oh hello um That's the neighbors taking their bin out <laughs> they're talking about this is, they're talking about a kitchen door being locked right <laughs> uh has the kitchen, kitchen door been locked it's never been locked before terrible dread was born <laughs> Terrible dread was born. Like, what a sentence. Not, they were filled with dread. Terrible dread Terrible was born. Terrible dread was born. It could, it, they might not even be talking about born in these people. It could just be anywhere. Somewhere. It just occurred in, in a universe somewhere. Amazing sentence. Terrible dread was born. So, another thing that happens is that they manage to make their way to the cellar, but Franklin says, it's not ready yet. <laughs> fine i'm sure it's fine i'm sure it's completely fine um at meal times it's just meat um nothing else just big chunks of meat are you getting real like uh rocky horror picture show vibes from this yes like he's making some sort of really muscular dude in the oh, cellar oh yeah kind of actually mm -hmm. anyway uh martha doesn't eat at meal times she just giggles and sniffs them all <laughs> so they are sitting at the table eating chunks of meat <laughs> And Martha is just going around the table, sniffing them one by one and just, giggling. I want to see a, like a Renaissance-style painting of that. Do you know what I mean? That would just be like a Caravaggio. Yeah. But of them, like, scared girls, that, like, chewing on a bit of chicken. With, like, a hunk of meat on their plate. <laughs> just looking terrified. But do you know what else is weird? Go on. No animals. <gasps> right? Weird. Weird. Mm. So then in the cellar, this is what they find. This is what I'm saying. The fact that he manages to keep up the shrieking intensity through the entire book, like, <laughs> props. That is not yeah. easy <laughs> to do that. Effort. Here's what they find in the cellar. We're only, like, halfway through the book, by the way. <laughs> they find, quote, huge blocks, like altars. Or perhaps the slabs where butchers toil, channeled, as if for blood. <laughs> so then... I don't think that's how butchers work. I don't think it is. <laughs> I will say that I think, in terms of the plot, there's, it's not it's not entirely thematically consistent. It's like he's just sort of thought of all the creepiest stuff. And I mean, there is a lot of content. There's a lot of imagery and stuff. stuff. He's gone off the main path, I'd say. Yeah. Well, he tries to bring it back now because we have a new character. Okay. He is called Martin. Martin Sexyman. Yeah? <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, you can't be called Martin and be sexy. Sorry about it. You could change it to, like, Marty. I don't know. You know? I don't know. 
I just don't think, I just don't, there's some names that you just can't, you can't be Sexy Martin. Like Brian. Yeah. But then, you know, Brian from, uh, not Boyzone, what's the other one? Westlife? Westlife. Can you remember that they were called Westside? No, that's a different band. No. Yes. They were called Westside originally. There's a different band called Westside. Which is why they changed it to Westlife. Oh, really? Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's my bit of knowledge. That's such a good (laughs) fact. I got to share my fact at a professional author event yesterday, which was that Victorian spiritualists used to fold up muslin really, really small and hide it in their vaginas and then pull it out and say it was ectoplasm. I think you told me that before and I like it. Yeah. I just feel like I bring the tone. Every time I do a professional author event and I look very serious with my serious bob and my serious glasses and then I'm like, let me tell you a vagina fact. That's my life, except I don't ever look professional. I just look like some stick of the dump that's meandered in and said really inappropriate shit. Which is why you get invited. (laughs) And I don't. That's not true. You chair very, very large events with many hundreds of people. And then it's an effort not to say, actually. Did you know someone once fucked someone's knee pit? (laughs) (laughs) Or have you heard about the guy who was fucking the bike in the hotel room? (laughs) What does it mean to simulate sex with a bike anyway? Yeah, why is it not? Anyway. So the, the sexy lost man Martin, he rocks up, the girls girls will go a flutter, um, but it makes fuck all difference really. Like no. the story just progresses as it would have anyway. I don't really know why we had the introduction of Martin. What happens is that Louise finds an old diary with a very long, very boring story about people from the past. I'm gonna sum it up. It's about the 16th century when Henry VIII, the fat stinky one, he wanted a divorce and Catholics had to go into hiding. Do you remember this? from school or from life (laughs) I remember it from Wolf Hall oh right okay cool so you know all about this so then Robert who this is not in truth now this is in the story who is the son of the guy who owns the house Mm -hmm. Gehenna hides Catholics in his house but he's discovered and cast into the cellar and then Agnes the maid brings him maggoty meat and sometimes bones (laughs) she brings him bones later they also bone (laughs) Um, she gets found out and then she gets put in there with him. They live in the dark like bugs and they have babies, but do they live there still? <gasps> anyway, that I summed that up in a paragraph and it's about 20 pages. I wouldn't if then. So it's so the, the uh, original, the people who are in the house are obviously Jewish then because they're naming things after the Hebrew Bible. I'm going to well, make that leap anyway. the Hebrew Bible the Old Testament, which is also half the Christian Bible? Wait, let me, let me go back to my Gehenna page. As I understand it. Thought to be a small val- valley in Jerusalem. In the Hebrew Bible, Gehenna... Wait, so let's have a look. <laughs> uh, the Hebrew Bible is also called the Tanakh, or sometimes the Mikra, is the canonical <laughs> collection of Hebrew scriptures, including the Torah. Okay. So I think the Torah is just the New Testament... The Old Testament. The Old Testament. But... The, but Jews don't accept the New Testament? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, because they don't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Yeah, so basically... Which like, breaks away. Jewish people, Christians and Muslims basically all believe... The Old Testament. The Old Testament. Yeah. And then Christians believe Christians and Muslims believe the New Testament, and then Muslims also believe in Muhammad. I think that's it. As I understand it. So they all come from... I like did do higher religious studies. Did you? It's all fallen out of my head now. I've just read... I went through a period of reading quite a lot of like religious texts and trying to work it out. Um, I yeah, did not fun. read the Old Testament, which I should have done because it's got all the weird good stories. The Old Testament's pretty fun. Yeah, like it's weird. It's bizarre. It's almost like a sci-fi novel. Well, it's weird. I read it as a novel. And then I was like, there's just no consistency in this novel. But then no. it's not a novel, which is why there's no consistency it's in it. It's more like a short story collection. 
Yeah. Except like micro stories as well. Yeah. It has got some good stories in it. Okay, so let's say, so, um, yeah, I remember, uh, let's say there I, well, okay, I was going to make some sort of thing about maybe it's like a reference to like the interplays between Jewish people and Christians and then I was like, you know, is it something about Jesus? But I, I think I'm reaching too far. I don't think, I don't think they're meant to be Jewish. I think they're meant to be Catholic because okay. they hid the Catholics. Okay. When the Catholics were being hunted is the wrong word, persecuted. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go with that. As I understand. Some people, it's also making me think of the opening scene from um, Inglorious Bastards. seen that and I never will because I hate Quentin Tarantino. So. And I know you do hate Quentin Tarantino, but I will say that is one of the best opening scenes. Every time someone says, I know you hate Quentin Tarantino, but X film is good, and then I watch X film and it isn't good, and I get further and further disappointed. I don't want you to watch the film. I just okay. want you to watch the beginning. It's I actually really have seen the beginning scene. It's so good. It, it is a good scene. It's that French actor. It's, the, it's also, what's his name? Uh, Christoph Waltz. But that's the thing, amazing. I think Quentin Tarantino can write a good scene. Yeah. I don't believe he can write a good story, but he can write a good scene. I highly disagree. But this is making me think of that and, you know, hiding people in, in under under things against persecution. So, <laughs> back to the story. Oh, I'm going to read you a bit because um, I haven't properly noted what I want read, oh so I can't do it. So, meanwhile, Jade hears a cracked and ancient voice asking for help. And so she does help him, but he traps her. Oh, no. Oh, no. Jade, you idiot. Okay, and then this is what happens. Increasingly uneasy, Amy returned downstairs, found Franklin still engaged in preparing some food. He said, have you found her yet, whoever you have lost? No, Amy said, sighing. I've been looking for my sister. The plump one. You're right, there's a lot of fat shaming in here. She's not plump, Amy said, just the wrong side of thin. Shut up, Amy. You haven't <laughs> seen her, have you? The old man, even the birds are angry about this. The old man shrugged. He appeared to search his thoughts while filleting a joint, but found nothing of worth until he'd laid the strips of meat sizzling in the pans. Not since last evening, he lied, wiping his hands, when I came across her in the hall and she was angry and tearful. It seemed she had been teased and was debating if she should strike out alone. Amy was shell-shocked. Do you mean she's left the house? I never saw her leave, said Franklin. But she might have done. I tried to dissuade her, but who knows what she did after I went to bed. So, I'm going to say, heavily implied, he is cooking her. Yeah. Heavily yes. implied, she is dead. He's going to serve her for dinner. Yep. So... <clears throat> Caroline and Martin tried to go for a sexy walk to find a private sexy place to... Bone. Talk. <laughs> Let's say. Um, and then this is what happens. Yet the swamp persisted, needled at them and probed. Ribbons of natural methane gas writhed snake-like past their lips. It was a true killjoy. Like some jilted suitor, it fumed with impotent rage. So basically... They want to fuck, but it smells like farts, <laughs> so they can't. Really funny, because that will come up in next week's book as well. Fart smell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is the deal with fart smell? It's like books. everyone in these books acts like it is literally the worst thing in the world. You're like, I'm, look, I'm really trying to get horny right now, but <laughs> all I can smell is farts, and oh, I don't like it. someone boil an egg? Because it's like, really ruined my vibe. Eggy farts are just not a turn on for me. <laughs> um, then we meet another character, Lucian. He's the youngest family member. He wants to burn it all down. Um, but Franklin held him prisoner. And remember that was him falling through the barn roof. Mm -hmm. He was trying to warn them by 
falling through, through the roof. roof and running away. That's how I try and alert anyone to anything. Fall through a roof and then run away. Yeah, you could wave, you could shout, but I just prefer to fall through a roof. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it worked that well. <laughs> it got their attention, but it's, it's raining. It's definitely <laughs> raining, but never mind. Transition now, music. That represents that we had a brief rain break and it appears to be not raining now, so... <laughs> and just to really fuck up Kirsty, I dyed my hair a completely different colour <laughs> in the interim period, so is that weird? Not convinced <laughs> you aren't a different person. Someone's cleared up the entirety of your back garden, so there's no leaves. It is and quite I strange. really different. Yeah, so like, in the interim, yeah, Heather's changed her hair, the gardener's come. <laughs> what? <laughs> so everything's different now. <laughs> But do you know what's not different? Point horror. Oh my god. Point horror is always there for you. Carry on. Okay, are we ready? So we had had Lucian falling through the roof. And basically what happens... Oh, can I have the book? I'm going to read a little bit. We still haven't moved any closer. We're so. too old to be like leaning places. So Can I tell you that David um, twinged his back at the gym the other day? And I actually had to put his socks on for him. Like he was my child or a really old decrepit man. So, Bless. that was the taste of the future. That is cute though. Um, so here's what happens, is they all lose each other, but then they find each other and then they find Martin. And here's what happens when they find Martin in the basement, in Gehenna's labyrinth. They peered tentatively inside and clamped their hands to their mouths. The urge to scream was strong, but they dared not make a sound. Before them on a slab, clothed in an orange gown, was Martin, bleeding and bound. He'd been savagely beaten. Wheels covered his face and hands, but he was still conscious, and his eyes still held life's fire. <laughs> it was. This is getting a bit sexy. He was straining to escape, wanting to claim revenge for the torments he'd endured. Soft as a kiss on silk, Caroline crept into the room to release and rescue her lover. We've come to get you out of here, she whispered in his ear. Oh my God, I love this. Martin began to writhe. No, save yourselves, he urged. <laughs> <laughs> no, save, save yourselves. yourselves. <laughs> He's like bound by silks. <laughs> Definitely did get a bit kinky. I just feel like just when you think this book has gone as far as it can go, it's like, nay. <laughs> I'm going to go further. <laughs> so then they find Agnes. Remember Agnes? Who fed the maggoty meat to the guy mm -hmm. she's still alive her and Robert are still alive but um, she's had enough of this shit quite frankly um, here is her response to this um, so she, she describes what happens that when they were deathless beneath the ground forced to eat grubs and voles their flesh so sinewy and spare it could scarce nourish me <laughs> And for company, which was what I craved the most, I conversed with rocks, and sometimes they spoke back. Oh my god. Jethro. It's Jethro <laughs> eating a vole. <laughs> Jethro eating a vole is my album title. <laughs> I feel like vole, it's like, we had to eat bugs and mud, and a vole. <laughs> That's a real fucking step Worst up. Worst of all. <laughs> Not a vole. Tony a vole. So here's what happens at the end. We're at the finale, okay. the, the denouement, if you will. We have Franklin, Lucian, Robert, and Agnes all fight. And she essentially burns the whole place down. Uh, everyone dies except Martin, Caroline, and Amy. And here's how the book ends. 
faced with one final task, the probing of Gehenna's depths <laughs> to find their missing friends. Which, I'm sorry, it's heavily implied that they've eaten them. <laughs> so I don't think they're going to find I them. I don't think so. You're setting up for a sequel, but it's not going to happen. At Gehenna's inside door. Do you have other bits that you wanted to read us? Oh, God. <laughs> um, I think I did. And I've also just done a quick Google of Peter Beer. Really? Oh. Peter Beery? I think it's just beer, isn't it? Beer. I don't know how you, sp- how you say anything. Um... Yeah, well, I... Well, oh, yeah, you go. I was going to give us the vocab list. This is all the words that I am almost certain I didn't know when I read this as a teenager and barely knew as a 36-year-old. Okay. Are you ready for the vocab list? Go on. Tell me how many of these you could define. Ingle nook. <laughs> no. Glutinous. Yes. Diluvial. No. Penons. No. I know. What the fuck is penons? Eschewed. Yes. Primeval. Yep. Bifurcation. I know what bifurcation is because of a Reddit thread. Oh. No. No, something else. Is it about else. body mods of a tongue? I, a you bifurcated can, tongue. Or a penis. No. Yep. Shut up. Yep. How does that work? I hope nobody's eating their dinner. <laughs> well, it, beca- it can be bifurcated. It's not a good time. I wouldn't so recommend just, it. I'm just imagining like a banana and then you got a knife and cut the banana and just go off to the side. Spin with it. But then why? You can't use it then. Well, can you? I don't know. Depends what you want to do with it, I suppose. I suppose it's got tissue, isn't it? Surely one would... Can't anyway. do that. Anyway. You're not going to have two penises, though. You're just going to have two halves. <laughs> it's not the same thing. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that was a real snort. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, I'm not even finished. Lugubrious. Guttural. Pupae? Pupae? Pupae. Like a larvae. Yeah, an obdurate. Obdurate. This is a fucking teenage book. I when know. was the last time you read a teenage book that had the word obdurate and lugubrious in well, it? Well, I don't think it is a teenage book. I haven't <laughs> just looked at Peter. Anyway, here is uh, another one of my the bits that I love. <clears throat> Lucian could not confront such a terrifying display of naked malevolence. <laughs> he judged discretion to be his only prudent course and turned on his startled heels. He pounded downstairs and fled the house. Like... Come on, like, I just love it. I just love it so much. I just love to have that level of energy through <laughs> the entire book. Like, that's not easy to do that. Oh, I love the maggots dripped from her tongue bit. Ugh. Like, oh! Gross. I am Agnes, the love of his life. A woman once fair and pretty in my face. Pretty in my face. <laughs> God, can I read you a pretty little bit? Pretty in my face? <laughs> pretty in my face. Not the rest of my body. I'm going to ask that. I mean my pretty in my face <laughs> so Peter Beer who is my mum's age which is turning 17 next year it says this it says these two sentences one after another on his website uh, oh no okay never mind he, oh my god did you misread his website no but I've just realised he's also Gary Kilworth <gasps> it says here Peter Beer lives in Somerset Gary Kilworth is a full time writer who lives as far away from Somerset as one can get in England which would be like what? Newcastle. <laughs> Why are we talking about both of them? Well, I think he's the same person. Well, they're a couple. Oh, they could be a couple, although it's not Peter and Gary's website, it's Peter's website. That's weird. Yeah. He's also got like a, a black hat pulled down quite with like a brim, like an American would wear it, and then like huge dark sunglasses, and he looks very serious. Like, I'm going to read you some of his book titles. So he's Gary Kilworth? Yeah. Who, what did Gary Kilworth do? I feel like we've done one of his before haven't we yeah well i'll read 
Uh, well, it says with Gary Kilworth. Kilworth. Oh. But I've also... Was Gary Kilworth in the collection but we just did? But they can't be the same person because <laughs> it said... It says that one of them lives in Somerset and the other one doesn't. Oh, no, you're right. It says he's it a different be, person. Because they've co-written something. Right. Gary Kilworth is a British science fiction fantasy. Oh, pardon me, I burped. Um, I think you're right. He did do one of the stories in the 13 More Tales of Horror. Yeah. I and can't then, remember which one. Oh, wait. Wasn't it the one with the AI? And the, the gas dating that closeness. Them. No, no, it wasn't closeness. I thought it was the one, the devil's footprints. You're right, it? I think. Shall I? Let me try and I feel it. like that's the one that's coming to me. I will say, while Heather's doing that, I did not spot any 90s things, fashion things, or queer subtext. But see, if we're talking about British things, we have the following things, just even on page one Hiking on moors, cagoules, rain, and gruel. <laughs> Could not be more British um, if it tried. Gruel is British. Yes. Oh no, yeah, you're right. You're right. It just even I don't know about the concept of gruel, but <laughs> calling it gruel, I feel like anywhere else would call it like stew, <laughs> soup, <laughs> casserole. Gruel, I just imagine to be like gruel. wallpaper paste. Yeah, like grey. Um, it was the house that Jack built that Gary oh, Kilworth wrote. Oh, I quite like that one. So either he's in a relationship with Peter Beer, or they just are co-writers. I would love if it was a point horror romance. Oh my god, if they were point horror oh gays. I would I love, love that. It. The level of camp in this book suggests that the writer may not be a heterosexual man. I mean, right? <laughs> he might actually be... I was going to say Peter Jackson. That's not correct. Uh, if you'd have told me Peter Jackson had Vincent written this, <laughs> I would not be surprised. <laughs> I would love to watch a film of this book. Oh my god. It's just so hysterical. Yeah. It didn't really have any of the stuff. Like, I mean didn't have the too stupid to love heroin or the sexy sociopath it did have quite well does it have a death toll it's heavily implied that there's a death toll it's like beyond time though it's not very 90s no it's just no one speaks like this no one writes like this for teenagers yeah it's not in any time it felt quite 70s it felt like you know those kind of 70s gothic romances where there's like a woman with beautiful big hair running away from a house in like a floaty dress on the cover yep it's, it was like that <laughs> but goth, but goth. <laughs> it was just this shrieking goth melodrama which i just love i just want more with a bit of potential cannibalism thrown in yeah which is you know my jam my entire jam how could you not love that uh is it good though define good <laughs> i think it's good i mean it makes sense like a lot of the other books that we did, like Pool Party that we did last week. I said that like Pool Party for some reason. I did think you said Pool Party. Poodle Party. It just didn't make any sense, did it? No. Whereas this, for all of its shrieking melodrama, it all tied together. Yeah, and um, you couldn't say it's not got a consistent tone. Yeah. It's definitely got a consistent tone. Um, yeah, a shriekingly right, melodramatic. Let's say it's good, because it's good for what it is. Yeah. Which is hysterical fiction <laughs> I mean it told an entertaining story that made sense yeah well in a, in a fashion yeah yeah <laughs> okay let's give it a four yeah but and we I also, mean we also have to give it a five for good bad I think we've got to give it a ten <laughs> out of five <laughs> for good bad four four out of like, ten like we really thought pool party was actually that wasn't last week was it that was weeks ago <laughs> what is time anymore 
I don't even know what's happening. We'll just happening. move the episodes around. I swear worry. to fuck, I've just seen that DPD man go down the stairs twice. <laughs> There's a fucking glitch in the Matrix right now. I'm not kidding you. Why has he done that? That's frightening. Maybe he had to go and put something up again. I don't think I saw him go up though. <laughs> <laughs> just saw him come down Maybe twice. he's going down to Gehenna's labyrinth. I, I have been saying Gehenna a lot in Gehenna. that tone of voice around the house. I really you like it. can't say it any other way. Gehenna's door. Yeah, okay. I do love it. I loved it. Yeah, it's got to be five. I think it's the probably the good baddest that we've ever had of all time. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. I loved it. We usually are like, don't bother getting these. Get this one. Absolutely, get this. It's fun. It's kind of not really a point horror, is it? No. I'm very. I'm. I'm confused as to why they asked this man to write it. I'm I, glad they did. I think quite a lot of the Unleashed books, they are writers of adult horror and they've just been commissioned to write a point horror and so they age the characters down like the one about the estate agents Mm -hmm. teenagers aren't really interested in estate agents (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean so I think they've just they take an idea that they have or maybe even a book that they've already written and just like age the characters down a little bit Mm -hmm. because this could be an adult novel and he does seem to write adult like sci-fi mostly Mm. which would explain the tone which I'm happy with I actually think that works a lot better than the alternative which is the robot Stein model of he attempts to age the characters up and it doesn't work from being babies from being yeah from being (laughs) about eight so he'll have like apparently 17 year olds cycling their bikes and eating popcorn and like not shagging or drinking and you're like (laughs) what so yeah I just think it's the best one by far of all time (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we we love the classic point horrors Mm -hmm. for the nostalgia value but I really feel like the unleashed ones are scarier and Mm -hmm. like better yeah they are actually better yeah because they've got proper writers to do and loads of podcast listeners have been talking on on the socials about other unleashed ones that they loved so maybe we can do more of them next season because there was a few that people have said this one was really frightening or I remember really loving this one I'm down for that. So that would be good. Part of me did die when you said next season. I was like, oh, God, eight seasons. I know. Do you know we've done over 100 episodes? No, I won't be <laughs> engaging with that. Uh, so <laughs> what are these socials you mentioned, Kirsty? How well, can people access us on socials? Well, first of all, I'll tell you about next week, oh, where yeah. we are back at Nightmall Hair, and we're doing Nightwalker, which is not as sexy as it sounds. No. By Diane Ho. Uh, so you can read that or just join us next week and we'll tell you about it yep. which is probably better. a better choice to be <laughs> honest and until then you can find us on Twitter at Teenage Scream underscore and on Instagram at Teenage Scream Pod and if you want to keep us in uh, knitted goods uh, or maybe even let us buy a couple of umbrellas or indeed a canopy so that we can continue podcasting when it inevitably rains <laughs> I was thinking about this today I was like we could get two golf umbrellas like have a golf umbrella each yep. or we could get a, like a par- a really big parasol because it would have to be a two meter wide parasol if any of these visions <laughs> inspires you to pity please do go to <laughs> patreon.com slash teenage screen podcast and uh, become a supporter because it's just getting more and more horrifying the conditions in which we have to podcast yeah like you know when it was sort of early early autumn like late summer early autumn it was okay but now it's really not okay it's just getting a bit silly now why are we doing this to ourselves I want to have one of those like um, uh, Michelin man coats 
I mean, I hate them, so I don't want them, but oh, I, yeah. I reckon just like an all-over bodysuit, one of those would be great. That would be good. I have got sleeping bags. Oh my God. We could cover ourselves in sleeping Wet bags. Wet sleeping bags in <laughs> Glasgow. Anyway, this anyway. is how much we love you. Yep. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye.